Welcome back to another podcast from Nobody Cares About Dad. This week, myself and Aidy have travelled down to Peterborough United's training ground to interview player turned coach. That's it, yeah. Ryan, Ryan Semple, how are you? I'm very well, very well. Um, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the chat with you both. No, appreciate you coming on. It's, it's been a little bit, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit nostalgic for me, obviously. <laughs> coming, back, yeah. coming back down to Peterborough, obviously speaking to Luke first and then yeah. now yourself. You've got your tissues. Yeah, <laughs> thinking about the career. Could have had. I listened to it. It was a bit emotional, wasn't it? But don't worry, it's all good. <laughs> um, so look, look, diving straight in, Ryan. Yeah. One of the things we we always do at the start of this podcast is just go back to the very beginning. What was life like for you growing up with your with your dad? What was your relationship like? Um, yeah, if you want to just talk yeah. us through through that. Um, so, yeah, a, a good childhood, enjoyable childhood. Um, so my my mum and dad, uh, they separated when I was around probably seven or eight. But they, um, before I was born, they'd met and and sort of got together in London. Actually, my dad's grew up in this area, not from this area, from Manchester, but grew up in this in Peterborough area, sort of at a young age, as a lot of people do. Um, for certainly from Peterborough, there's not that much going on. <laughs> moved moved to London. Um, got a job over, uh, over in London, down in London. Met my mum, who's from Lewisham, South East London. Um, sort of fell pregnant quite quick. Um, and sort of, being honest, probably stayed together longer than what they would have done. <laughs> uh, which is, again, it's sort of, uh, I'm very grateful for that, of course. <laughs> but but um, testament to my dad, really, that he sort of, um, cracked on and, and they 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 stayed together as I say for probably 10 years and, and we then moved so I was actually born in um, he had a job he worked for Topman born, I was born in Belfast because um, he had a job out there got a promotion then came back when I was probably um, 18 months something like that a little bit younger and then ended up in Peterborough as a toddler um, sort of uh, bought a house down here uh, uh, in Peterborough and yeah, sort of went from there, but but we had a, a real good childhood. I was very fortunate to have sort of a loving family and, and family around. Obviously, my mum's my family were and still are all in London, but my dad's dad's family, a, a lot of them are here. So granddads, uncles, um, auntie, and then obviously as I got a bit older, cousins and things like that. Um, we're quite a got quite a young family, if you like. So my mum was nineteen, my dad was was twenty two, something like that when. They, um, when I was born, but my nan and granddad were young as well. So my nan was 17 when she had my dad and my granddad was a couple of years older. So um, quite a young family. I think my nan was, was 40 when I was born. So grandma at 40 and um, which is great. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they, like I say, that extended family was, was incredible um, and such a, a big part of my upbringing and not just me obviously is older and, and had kids myself and they're still of an age that can have been involved as great grandparents as yeah, well yeah. and obviously my my mum and dad and, and stepmom um who I'm very close with my dad sort of remarried quite quick and they've been together 26 years um so they've all had a, a massive impact on me and also now as I say my kids as well so um yeah loving family loving childhood um, football was was at the centre of that, as you can imagine, for so many kids, <laughs> um, <clears throat> themselves as well, and and 
sort of we lived in lived in Warrington, which uh, a place called Crowhurst, which was a, a sort of normal, not particularly rough, not particularly affluent at all, but just a nice nice estate. It was kids similar age, parents similar age. Uh, green in the middle of like like an island with the houses all around it so I was just always on that green or uh, playing different games um, mostly football but as you can imagine <laughs> all kids you knock door run <laughs> uh, climbing trees tig manhunt all those things and um, no very very happy an enjoyable enjoyable childhood it's, sure. it's funny how that changed with the because I, I think Kids, we're all the same age. So when we were younger, that's what we did. Yeah. You know, there would be a green somewhere where yeah. you'd all congregate to. And then it was, I think when we were like 12, 13, the no ball signs started yeah, going yeah. up. And it was like everyone, everyone had to disperse. And yeah. then it sort of stopped. stopped. I remember playing, grew up in a little village. And it was that everyone knew everyone. Mm-hmm. All the kids knew everyone. Like, it was amazing. And you'd go out in the street and it was that you would pull a goal or you had jumpers for goalposts, all that, in the middle of the road. And you'd be playing football and then yeah. a car would come. Like, stop. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> stop, right? You'd pick up the, the shirts, you'd go over to the side, they go past, they normally beep and wave. Like, it was really just polite. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, if you drive down the street and somebody's playing football in the street, you're like, exactly. strutting your horn, like, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but exactly. it has changed massively. And I think, yeah, you, like you said, it's, as the years progressed, I remember getting to sort of 12, 13 and there was a, a particular wall we used to play like, um, oh, what do you call it? Kirby. No, you used Bobble. to kick the ball against it and like you had one touch. And then someone else would yeah, go. So you, like, yeah, yeah. We used to call long? that Boggle. Boggle? Uh, yeah, it's all different names. Really? We used to call that Boggle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You so stick to Boggle? You'd, you'd, be trying, you'd be trying to hit it off the wall so it would go away yeah. from yeah, the Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. But I remember yeah. there was that one particular wall we played on <laughs> and when we got to that, that age... There was a massive sign. No ball. No ball games. Yeah. And we're like, well, what should we do? Well, let's go and play knock door run. Yeah. Or let's go around the farmer's field now yeah. and sit in there and do. And it, yeah, it just progresses. Whereas now, it doesn't matter if there's a sign that says no ball. We talked about this on, on Luke's podcast. Is, again, that, that was around the time when council stopped pulling funding out. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. We used to have the adventure playground. Yeah, so, yeah. And we weren't playing football or whatever. We'd go to the play group with yeah. everybody and then they all started closing and it was like what what do kids have to do at, at a young age other than to get into trouble and that's why yeah. and that's the thing they get battered by society but it is that bottom line of well what else do they do yeah and it's idle hands isn't it 100% and they're at that age they want to be active they want to be doing stuff we'll moan at them for being indoors sitting on the computers playstations whatever yeah. so you're saying no, get out Okay, then what do they do? Where do they go? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you just congregate and normally drink, smoke, yeah. do whatever. And yeah, we, 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 we're quite easy to shift the blame. I, I agree. And I think that when all those different games, and, and I sort of were talking about, I'm sure we'll go onto it a little bit more, but me as a parent, and when I, obviously me as a coach as well, I'm, I'm uh, very privileged to work with a lot of uh, young people. And that obviously that age where they are um if you don't give them the the not give them but create i suppose an environment where they can they can learn or have fun or be creative it's not about you telling them do this do this do this and it being routine but if you don't have that or you don't give them the environment where they can come up with these ideas yeah. what they're going to do yeah. exactly as you said they're going to get into trouble because 
their 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 minds are so um, busy and active and wanting to to explore and that's how you learn. But if you create the right environment for them to do that, well, then they're going to do wonderful, wonderful things. And if yeah. you don't, it goes the other way. Yeah. It goes the other way. So Create an opportunity, isn't it? Exactly. That's 100%, it. Yeah. 100% right. And no, I think that I was very, very fortunate. We were very fortunate. You talk about social media and things like that, that we've obviously grown up with social media to a point. But a lot later, we have sort of... Uh, a lot of our probably values and and the things we enjoy and uh, our personalities were sort of already formed. Yeah. So we are, I'm sure we do. We all use social media yeah. here, but I think we can manage it a lot better. Yeah. I was talking talking to um, in fact it was Steely. He's coming up a lot in this, isn't he? <laughs> um, already about that the other day, and probably people not even that much younger than us. 10 years maybe, uh, maybe a little bit less than that. They've grown up, at, so those formative years, social media is around and it can control their lives. Yeah. And even younger than that, oh, it's, it, 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 it's frightening. It sets, like we, we talk about values and morals and stuff and obviously we've grew up that way and we had that sort of, I guess, the disciplined life mm -hmm. to a point. We forged our own characters, our own morals and uh, morals and stuff. And now you see with social media now, it dictates a lot yeah. of what somebody should be, yeah. how they should act, yeah. what they should look like, what they should eat, what they should wear. And you get through this, and uh, you speak about this a few times, Marco, about you get to that point where you're wearing the fancy stuff for somebody to go, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. And that, you know, a lot of that's driven from social media. Yeah. I do it now. If I'm on there and I'm scrolling through and I see something, I'm like, oh, that looks really good. Definitely look amazing on me. Definitely. <laughs> I'm going to get it. Yeah. But then I take a step back and I go, I ain't getting that. I look an absolute dick. <laughs> we, do, we do that as adults. And that's how, that's how uh, powerful it is. And we're obviously as adults fortunate enough to be able to go, like you just said, step back. But imagine that as a 12, 13, 14 oh, yeah. year old um, kid. And I think it's, it's, it is, it's really powerful in a lot of positive ways, social media, I, I do believe yeah, yeah. that, mm. but it can be so, so dangerous. And also going back to being a parent and obviously being, being a dad, your, your influence can be so much more diluted because it's all right. Me as a parent and not so much yet, obviously boys are, are, are young, but as they get older, it's all right. Me and, and, and my wife as parents saying, do this or do this or be aware of this. But if you've got social media where at the scroll, at the, literally a flick of yeah. a touch of a, a, a thumb on thumbprint, you've got all these different influences. When I was growing up, my influences were obviously my parents and my family, my friends, so people who I knew, and obviously aspiring to be a football football player, the players that I wanted to try and emulate. Yeah, I didn't know about their personal lives, or I didn't know about. Um, uh, someone that was a multi-millionaire businessman or a yeah. YouTuber or <laughs> uh, uh, whatever it was. I didn't. I, I was, it was very, it was pretty straightforward, I, I feel. And, and I think it, it just makes things that little bit more difficult because there's a lot more influencers that can potentially, not definitely at all, but potentially um, derail. Yeah, well, look, just on that quickly, look at the, the thing with the, the Coca-Cola. Yeah. 
with Ronaldo. So, I mean, we're not sponsoring yeah. Gatorade. If yeah. they want to, they can. Yeah. But yeah. look at that. Look how powerful <laughs> that was. Yeah. And now you've got some other footballers obviously influenced by Ronaldo yeah. and what he's done. Yeah. Because they would have had the opportunity prior, but they've seen somebody as high profile as Ronaldo. So you, you say, you, you know, you grow up <laughs> you grow up and you as look kid, at man. you grow up and look at um, players. Yeah, as as like we were young kids, going, okay, yeah, I want to be like him. I want to copy his style, play like him. Yeah. Look at that that power. Then we just did it by watching the games, yeah. match of the day. Yeah, yeah. Now you go on social media and you see Ronaldo moving these coat. Yeah. So now the other footballers, grown men, are sitting yeah. down going, no, no, no. Yeah. I'll put that down there. It's right there. Yeah. <clears throat> Kids, are, like you mentioned, at 12, 13, they're so impressionable. And there's a responsibility on social media companies to provide accurate and correct information. They don't. And that's yeah. the biggest problem with, with social media is that... A lot it, of it contradicts itself, doesn't well, yeah, it? Well, we, mm-hmm. we talked about it the other day on, on that podcast we did. You know, the news doesn't report the news. The news reports opinion. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, we tr- take Trump as an example. Like, you know, it polarises loads of opinions, but... Fox News will tell you he's the greatest thing since sliced bread, and CNN will tell you he's the worst thing. Yeah. It's like, well, who's telling yeah, the truth? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? You, it's you, you always a, a, yeah, it's an agenda, isn't it? A 100%. political agenda. Yeah. And um, it, even, even the other day after the England game, you talk about um, uh, Calvin Phillips, and Calvin Phillips is, was obviously fantastic and did so well. And I think it was the, was it the Mail Online that, the next day oh, posted yeah. about fantastic Calvin Phillips, great display, but then they're digging into his background yeah. and they're saying uh, his, um, his Irish mother, uh, who was left on her own by her, his uh, Jamaican father, who's yeah. now not around because he's in prison. So what's the mail? Yeah. What the mail? relevance yeah. is that whatsoever? Yeah. No. Whatsoever. And they know what they're doing. They're, they're, they're bigging him up to then knock go yeah. knock him down and to that, straight away that... that unconsciousness that, that's seeping into anyone who's reading that that is un- impressionable yeah. about his mother being Irish, his dad being Jamaican, yeah. but he's in prison, she's on her own. Uh, they had it, I think, they spoke about that, that they didn't have a lot of wealth, uh, a lot of money growing up. And it's just those, it's completely needless, yeah. absolute needless. And, and it's those things for me that, that ain't the news. No. That's not the news. And it's irrelevant to him and it's what irrelevant. he's done. There was, they interviewed him, I think, yesterday. And they're talking about a pick and mix on this interview. That's him. Like, he's a young... He's a kid. Like, he's a young guy yeah. who's... It's all about football. Yeah. Nothing about personal life. And yeah. like you say, it's, it's that impressionable stage of, OK, well, I, I don't like him anymore because mm. he's had a bad upbringing. Mm. Behave. We've all been there. We've all had this. We've all had friends that have gone through it. Mm. But, but that's that. It's, it's also by mentioning that his, his dad's Jamaican and he's left yeah, some of that stereotype of yeah, black completely. men. That, that completely. Leave. Exactly. And, that. and you look at you, you look at look at the way that they've reported <coughs> Foden's haircut this this week. What Eminem? <laughs> no, well, Gaza, isn't it? He's the next coming of Gaza. Yeah, when Pogba does it. He's like a show arrogant. off. Or yeah, he's arrogant. Yeah. Arrogance yeah. and and yeah the without going over the same things that has been reported about so much, but all the, the nonsense in the past with Raheem Sterling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and he isn't the, the only one. Um, all the good Rashford does. And the sticky gets. The sticky still, still yeah. gets. It's amazing how um, quick it's forgotten though, isn't it? So lockdown with Rashford, all that, all that stuff he did, that campaign for the, the school meals, the mm-hmm. vouchers and everything. It, uh, unbelievable. 
that's a positive way to use social media yeah. and your platform. But then all of a sudden, they're turned, yeah. and now it's all negative, and yeah. he's not performing well. He must have this going on and yeah. this going on. You think he's got too much? He's, he's focusing too much. Leave the kids much. alone. And all yeah, that sort of stuff, but yeah. just so stop. Hang on a minute. You, so people are trying to compare playing football and it's important because obviously we're all so passionate about it and the nation is and, and that's his job and he gets paid to do it but you're comparing that to actually saving kids and families yeah. lives <laughs> yeah. by the the campaigning he's done for the free school meals and and, and and beyond that so yeah it's just just needless suppose we digress a little bit yeah. but it's 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 that impressionable stage yeah. that i think now is so much more um, prevalent and it makes it, as a parent, more difficult. Not, I say more difficult. It's just different problems, isn't it? There are many, many problems that, that we as parents probably don't have to face that our parents did 30-plus yeah. um, um, years ago. So it's different, but it is a, it's, a, it's definitely a, an issue and a concern. And I feel that having two young boys it's something I'm aware of 100% because they are so impressionable and all you want to do is try and, and, and try and obviously guide them as go back to you growing yeah. up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. So we did digress yeah. a little bit there yeah. um, but as a 10 year old yeah. are you aware of your parents breaking up at that point yeah yeah so I, I was I was a little bit younger than that to be fair um, Mark I was what probably seven, eight-ish. And, and yeah, I was. And I think <laughs> you, you as, a, as a kid, obviously you, you're thinking back, I'm thinking back now, but also I think at that time, you, you try and, because it's, it's your brain, isn't it? Well, I certainly did, simplify things. And, and I was... Um, I remember my mum, it was my mum who, who sort of told me and sort of said, look, me and your dad are, are separating. And, and I actually, I um, I stayed, uh, I stayed with my dad. So I I, I still saw my mum every, she, she wasn't far, she didn't she didn't move far away, but I, I sort of, you see her two, three times a week, all the time still, basically. Uh, but I stayed with my dad. And, and the reason for that was, I think, just to... Um, keep things settled for me and sort of was that your choice no 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 it weren't my, it was their choice okay. it was their choice yeah and and i think my mum as i as i said to you at the beginning when i spoke about mum and dad mum they they met each other and had me young and i think well i know for a fact i haven't sort of spoke to them since they that this it's so even well not long afterwards but certainly now very amicable and and um, or go on. I've got two. I've got a sister, a half sister from my dad and my stepmom, and a half sister from my mum and and um, her partner moving forwards. So it was all very amicable. But I think they were very, um, very aware of the obviously how it would affect yeah, me yeah. and the fact of trying to keep me in a in a routine and try and make it as as. Uh, not positive impactful in a way that it wouldn't it wouldn't affect me too negatively which it's always going to affect you of yeah. course it is it's it, your mum and dad break up it's a it's a big deal of course and and it was but I I always felt and I think they hit it home to me and, and it and it 
proved to be the case that you, if you're, I was still going to see both parents. I was still clearly loved. I go back to it at the start and, and from the start, I had such an amazing family around me and it wasn't just my mum and dad with it, as I say, uncle, uh, my dad's brother, my uncle, he, he's one of my, my sort of best friends and, and I've got, um, we're so, so close. Uh, my auntie, um, grandparents, and then my mother's side was further away in London, but still so close. And yeah. I think I was the old, because they were so young, I was, the, I was the oldest child. So I was the only child in the family at that point. So mm -hmm. I was the first sort of, of of my generation. So I think everyone was probably aware, and I wasn't aware of this at the time, but afterwards, so aware that everyone was aware that it was, it was sort of me, really, that they probably w gathered around me a little bit. And, yeah. and, um, and my, as I say, I go back to it, I stayed with my dad. And, and if anything, when I look back, we were probably, so my dad and my uncle um, had a, a business um, and my uncle, it's been sold a few times now, but my uncle still actually works there as an MD and my dad left um, a few years later. But they, um, my dad was very busy with work and setting up this business and, and, and doing, they, they were successful. So when I think my mum and dad separated and he sort of they decided that I would stay there um it probably brought us together a little bit more mm -hmm. um and, and we we're a little bit closer and because my as I say my stepmom um in time moved in and and she was as well obviously of course as like my mother always wasn't and still still is so so much we're, we're so close but she came onto the scene as well my, my stepmom and sort of it brought probably, as I say, my, my dad a little bit, me and my dad closer because my dad thought probably, shit, I need to not step up because it wasn't like he was absent, not at all. But he, I think it just, as I say, maybe highlighted even more now, like I've got this this kid and, and he's obviously, this is the situation and, and I've got to obviously... Um, I've got to step up a little bit and take yeah. and take even more probably responsibility because my although my mum was still there but she wasn't there every single day, and and so yeah so he, I've got obviously him being my dad but also now I am a dad so so much probably more respect for that situation because I know how difficult it must have been for him. I know how difficult it must have been for him because, he, he, as I say, he, he was trying to provide for us and, and, and run a successful business. Um, he obviously must have been going through it a lot, certainly before him and mum separated because they, they both weren't happy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, was, it, was, it must have been so tough for him. But, as I say, I, my childhood was, was fantastic. It, it was really loving. And, and probably football... <laughs> I think helped a lot of that. Yeah. It helped me to cope with a lot of that in terms of, um, I always had football and I, while I had my family around me, things were, there was a, a lot of upheaval and things and, and, and stuff to cope with as a young, young kid. <clears throat> it was difficult, but I always had my football as well. And I always, I always could sort of rely on that and, and playing out yeah. and all those playing uh, matches and, and all those things sort of helped as well, you know? I guess it's the one consistent thing you look forward to yeah. every week. Yeah. And it's like training, see your friends, yeah. the coaches, because a lot of the time you look up to the coaches. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you, you again impressionist. Eh? You, yeah. you, you go in. Okay, what do they want from me? You're yeah. trying to impress them as well. Yeah. So yeah, I get the whole football thing and having that every week. I still look forward to it now yeah. as an adult. Like when our season starts again, I look forward to playing. Yeah, because I love that escape. Yeah, and it is that escape, and it's like whatever's going on, you can go right switch off. Now I'm here, and I see a hundred percent that it's also it's your certainly as a young player trying to just trying to improve. At that point, I didn't. Of course, I wanted to be a professional footballer, but I don't think... Well, I didn't really know what that meant and stuff, but obviously, as you get a little bit older, you do. But it was that one thing as well that I knew that I was good at yeah, and that I knew, and and going back to, to my dad, really, again, his his sort of... The impression, the, the, the mentality that he probably passed on to me was that if I work hard at it, I'm going to be better at it. Yeah. So, well, okay, well, I'll work hard at it then. And um, and that gave me that bit of control, I think. Yeah. That control of, I can, if, I'm, if I work hard at this and I focus on this and I enjoy doing it, I'm going to get better. And that, sort, that, that helped a lot, I think, as well. Um, and it's something that I, I, I try and live by every day now the same whatever it is but obviously in my profession with, with coaching and and anything really well if you enjoy doing it you'll enjoy it even more if you're better at it and by working hard you'll get better yeah. at it you know so well, I've, I've heard the thing about the poster boy and so you obviously worked hard at it and became that i guess for, for many people fan over there <laughs> someone to look up to and that's that's you see that how that person is as a person, as yeah. a player, yeah. how they train, yeah. how they interact with people, you go, oh, I want to do that. Poster boy. I want to be that, yeah. The poster boy. <laughs> you won't remember the first time we met. And Go on. It was, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the story, last yeah. time, wasn't it? In the, so I used to play, before I came here, I think it was like under nines, I was under tens, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And I was before I came here. Was, was the, you remember the, the soccer schools that they used to have? That's yeah. where I played before. What the holiday camps? No, no. So it was like it was a little. It was like a Peterborough United academy, but it was in Grantham. So it had all the best players in. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. So like a like a yeah. I understand what you mean. Like yeah. a sort of like a satellite yeah. centre. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah, if you're yeah. any good, they sent you to to, to Peterborough. And uh, so we we came on a day a day here. Yeah. I think we were like nine or ten, right? And we were in we were in the board the boardroom where we were last time, <laughs> and they brought you in. Oh and, really? Yeah, and they were like, "This is this is the this is the model professional, yeah, <laughs> this is boy. the kind that's of guy, the, the the attitude, the professionalism." Yeah. Uh, the, the, that's, yeah, that's when I but, first met. Yeah. But do you know what? Right. <laughs> so it's interesting because I was actually thinking about this before before I came today. So when I. So I knew you'd asked me, obviously, about my childhood and, and things like that. When I first came in, so what happened was very similar. So they used to go round before I joined Peterborough. So I must have been uh, probably eight or nine, maybe, yeah, around that, that sort of age. They, um, they used to go around the schools, do put on sessions for schools, and then same thing, the best players, they'd invite in for like a trial. And, and they, I was at a school called Wellborn in, in Warrington, and they came in, and obviously I did all right, and they invited me to this trial, and it was a, it was a residential, it was like a three-day thing, a, a, a secondary school just up the road. And um, did training, did games and what have you, and there was a few of my friends there, and they, um, at the end of it, they didn't, I didn't get taken on, basically. And one of the reasons they said was that 
I had a... They used the term, I had a bad attitude. <laughs> and to this day, and I say it all the time, with, well, not all the time, but I, when, whenever that conversation goes, because I, I still speak, so John Morley, Little Gaffo, yeah. so someone who I'm really close with, has done unbelievable amount for me in, in my career and stuff like that, um, as a player, but then as a coach, with him coaching and his, his background. So he was i think he was in and around that but i don't know i don't think he was there at that point but there was other coaches there and i still don't know where that came from <laughs> being honest but going back to that's what they told me so in my head i was like well there's an absolute and going back to my dad because of my dad as well and and it's funny because obviously i deal with a lot of parents now and and 99% of them are fantastic but a lot sometimes and it's, it's usually when you give bad news, <laughs> they come back and and it's almost excuses. Yeah. But my dad was abs never, ever, ever like that. He was the opposite of, well, is this right? So, for example, take that bad attitude. Is that is this right? Is this what? Do, would you agree with that? No. Okay. Well, why are they saying it? Well, I don't know. Could it be this? Could it be this? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, basically you better knuckle down and prove next time there can be no grey area whatsoever that it's bad attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I did from 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 that point, and I think what my dad did, and um, you might talk about in terms of in a minute about how I, was I pushed into it, how much he supported me, yeah. was, it, was he a pushy parent? Not at all, not in the slightest. But what he was, was that if he saw... So he clearly saw that I loved football and I enjoyed playing it and that clearly I was all right at it. So he would he would make sure that if I was saying I wanted to do it, whatever it was, it could have been anything. It could have been whatever, another sport, or it could have been uh, the language, playing an instrument. But he made sure if I'm saying I want to do it, well, then you've got a you've got to work hard to be able to, to get better at it then. Because what... If you're saying you want to be a footballer, but you've got a bad attitude, or if you're saying you want to be a footballer, but you're not practising hard enough, well, then you can't have no excuses. Mm -hmm. And you can't then be like, well, um, oh, I've not quite... I have regrets afterwards. So what he did... So so in, in that scenario, he would have been like, well, OK, you've got to work harder. You've got to prepare he was a stickler an absolute stickler and it did come from the club as well but he he packing your bag before training uh, before games going away a lot of parents might have done that for their kid and and the club used to say and it was fantastic this is like almost 30 years ago no you you pack your own bag they used to give you a letter that on the last night of training, these are the things you need. It got to the point where I didn't need that letter because I knew what I needed, yeah. and but everything. So you almost, you, you're a mini professional early. And I, I did, and I used to, about working hard, I used to, um, I remember going to, uh, out the front of my house every morning, every single morning before school, it was dark. I used to be next to a lamppost doing keepy-ups because... I knew that, that we used to get these sheets, tap-up sheets. I don't know if you remember that, but you basically keep-ups. So you'd, do, you'd have different, so left foot, right foot, header, uh, alternate feet, uh, any part of your body, and you'd, you'd put your score, best of three, okay. you'd put your score in, and you'd, set, you'd hand them in. Now, 
I could have made them up, or any kid could make them. I'm sure some kids probably did, but I, I was. <laughs> absolutely, I absolutely, I can hand on heart say the years I did it, I never once made up what score I got, and I can remember. So, remember doing them every single morning when it was dark, when it was light, when it was pissing down, with yeah. whatever. And it's just that I think that mentality that was was pushed on me from my dad that. Whatever you want to do, not just my dad, but certainly my dad, whatever you want to do, you do it to your best. Do it to your best. And there's two phrases or two sort of stories. He always talks about, and he still does it now. I'm like, I've heard this about a thousand (laughs) times, about uh, Seb Coe and Steve Ovette. Mm -hmm. Um, They were obviously competitors and two of the best middle distance runners in the world, both similar age. Um training on Christmas Day. They interviewed, I think, maybe Steve Yvette, one of them, and they said, oh, what are you doing over Christmas? He said, well, I'll be training Christmas Day. And I was like, why? And it was Steve Yvette. He said, because Seb Cole will be training Christmas Day. And that that kind of mentality. Yeah. And then um, uh, about um, Gary Player, the golfer, his comment, and I think it was Gary Player. He says it's Gary Player, so I'll say it's <laughs> Gary Player. The harder he practised the luckier he got and things like that. Yeah. And just I hear those in my in my head just ringing about everything. And, and I didn't obviously achieve, I didn't have a, a career that I felt I could have maybe had, but in my life and certainly now as a coach, I feel that I've done all right. And that, those, that kind of mindset, I think, mentality is, was drummed in from a very young age. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, you know, because... The first time I didn't make it here was attitude. Was this, was the, the, was right. the exact reason? I said I didn't have a good attitude. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, and how did you take? Well, you came back. Yeah, so. but that, I think that played into how I came back because then I came back and tried to keep my head down. Yeah. And I wasn't very confident. Yeah. And I, it, 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 I think that then affected. Yeah. How I played because I, it, I was very much not just trying to be. Not not um, what's the word. Um, I wasn't putting my head above the parapet. Yeah, just you know go I mean? under the radar. Yeah, go under the radar. He's a great man, just tight, yeah. Yeah, and obviously that's not, you can't do that. Especially in the team that you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was, like, yeah. it was frightening. And, and I go back to, again, linking it. So as a coach, but also as a parent, you don't realise how powerful words are. You, you don't. And it, so that word, that, that bad attitude to you, it, it, you went sort of one way and not in a bad way at all. But then when you came back, you sort of went under the radar that might have then maybe affected how you performed. Yeah. I took it and luckily, again, I was fortunate because I, I it was only, so that was probably, it was less than a year later they invited me back. And, and obviously then they took me as a, as a nine-year-old and I stayed, stayed in them. But you, the power of which you're, the, the words you give... It's so, you don't realise, you don't realise, and and we'll all do it as parents now and and not realise that that the the impact you have. So you just got to be so mindful, while not knowing how much impact you're having, but be mindful that you will have an impact, both uh, positively and negatively. So, yeah, yeah, it is is interesting. And and I I find it, obviously, I, I, I find it fascinating. I was a coach before I was a parent and... There's certain things that transfer and there's certain things that don't because when you when it's your son or as a son it's your dad, yeah. you can be whoever, but you're still dad and yeah. <laughs> talking what, rubbish. What, what, what advice would 
Ryan Semple the coach yeah. give to Ryan Semple the ten year old now. <laughs> Attitude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um I think Enjoy yourself, enjoy it, because I think sometimes I, because I was so desperate to do well and so driven to do well, and I think sometimes you don't enjoy it as much. And I think, and that's in any, uh, certainly as a kid, definitely. So I, I would say that, enjoy yourself and don't, but, but also have, have belief and confidence and I did have that but I think I don't think you can if you're doing it the right way if you're working hard and you're enjoying yourself then I don't think you can ever have too much confidence I don't think you can um because if you're working hard you're gonna avoid being sort of arrogant um and and I'm not I'm 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 a sort of a respectful person and and I always was was a kid and that was again something at Peterborough that they taught you a lot and and luckily my family my family did as well but I think enjoying yourself you can there can be a misconception that you can't sometimes you you, you can't enjoy it you just have to work you have to work you have to work no you've got to enjoy it you've got to enjoy what you're doing because if you don't don't enjoy it you won't do it consistently enough you won't because it's it's too much not like it's just that, it's yeah. that inner confidence and mm. you know that if, you, if you're too busy concentrating on what everybody else is saying yeah. oh, do this right or yeah. do it like that you're going to start listening to those voices 100% in your head. and you know I, I talk about this quite a lot but I'm reading a book at the moment called The Power of Self Positive Self Talk right and it's so it's so interesting because yeah. I started playing vets football right? yeah, yeah yeah last season I was shocking it's like I never put on a pair of boots well, this year, after reading this book, like, yeah. like, this, so go on the pitch and be like, just tell yourself, yeah. I'm the best player on this pitch. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and, 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 honestly, Until I, I came on in that game. <laughs> <laughs> just, then it went to pop. Just, just tell, it, tell yourself, I'm, I'm better, I'm good, I'm good, just over and over again. And yeah. you, you play so much better yeah. because you're not you're not listening to the, oh, well, if you, you're, you're giving a bad pass. or 100%. You know, um, it's true. It's, it's like, you know, the like, pre-game, like, when you, you have a coach or a manager or a captain that gives you that that G up speech yeah. Yeah. and it's that I've, I've played in teams where you've had certainly certainly the gaffer but then the, the, the captain they'll, they'll be telling like, like you get the whole like come on lads let's go out and do yeah. this but then it turns negative yeah. last week we didn't do this we yeah. didn't push here we didn't yeah. push that and you see the lads in the change room like now because yeah. I still play like not vets but normal football yeah. um, say normal but you know what I mean like that With competitive age, yeah. yeah, and they're about ten years younger, yeah. the majority. And you see it around the changing room. You see their heads dropping, or they'll start off and they're listening to the, the the manager, yeah. And then he's going off about you should have done this last week, we should have done that, and they'll just start chatting together. Back when I was that age and growing up, there would be no chance you would take your eyes off the coach, yeah. Because and especially if you start chatting, mm, like when we was at Lincoln, Mark, the academy stuff. Can you remember like, what was his name? The John, the gaffer, uh, Priestley, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if he's seen you chatting whilst he's giving mad. you a speech, oh my God, like you you're thought getting, Fergie was bad. Yeah, like, yeah. You're getting stronger. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But you'd be made to, not punished because it's character building, is it? Not punishment. <laughs> but you'd be made. One of those ones, You'd yeah. be made aware. Yeah. And it's right, if you're positive and you go out and it is all, enjoy it, enjoy it. I always try and get on the end of any skip or gaffer or whatever, do yeah. a speech and say, have fun. 
Like, especially if you're working full-time, like not in football environment, you could spend a whole week just getting grief. Mm-hmm. Your release is football. You go there and then all of a sudden it's grief. Yeah. You think, oh, I'm not enjoying this. To your point, enjoy it, have fun. Enjoy if it. If you're doing that, it comes across. Confidence will just ooze through because you're going, I'm bothered, I'm having a good time, I'm having fun. For you, you're putting in, if you've put in the effort, your, your best ability is coming out. And 100%. you're having fun, you're having a laugh. We, we played together for the first time in years, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago? Years, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. And we got on the pitch and it was a proper rainy day in Manchester. Yeah. It was horrible. But it was so fun, weren't it? We had, a, we had fun. And it was just that, not felt that in a long time, getting yeah. on a pitch. And you, you, you just go on and you think, okay, because I play still at that, the yeah, younger yeah, groups, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought, oh, this is going to be a laugh. Yeah. And it was, it was so much fun. And that's the thing, I think that whatever you do, so whatever level you play at, whatever age you are, you've got to enjoy it. But enjoying it doesn't mean that you don't take it seriously. Yeah, yeah. You take it seriously. I, I see kids, you, you see, or I remember being a kid at eight, nine, ten, and they take it serious. They take it serious. They, they're, they're taking it. In their, in their minds, they're taking it as serious as a first-team player is mm. taking it. No question whatsoever. Yeah. If you're playing, you, you go down the park and you watch a, a, a local side. My, uh, one of my close friends runs his, his son's local side now. And they'll be taking it just as serious. So it's not about when you're enjoying yourself, not taking it seriously. You've got to take... Because for me, part of the fun is, I I go back to it, trying to do it as best as I can while enjoying it. Now, my best will be different to someone else's best that will be different to someone else's best. But that doesn't mean that you're not enjoying yourself, trying your best, and consequently, as I say, you're enjoying, you're having fun, and, and you're going to then, you're going to improve because of it, and it's, it doesn't matter what level it is, it really, really doesn't, and to be honest, I don't think it matters what the discipline is either, it doesn't matter whether it's sport, or say, playing an instrument, or whatever it is, In by enjoying yourself, you will, you'll naturally work harder at it, but you'll, you'll, you'll have fun, and, and you'll get better, so, that's probably the biggest thing I would, I would say because I think I did as a kid work hard. I did uh, live my life right. I don't have any regrets from from that point of view as a young as a young person, not at all. But I think sometimes I think you just yeah you gotta just just enjoy it that little bit more. Just a couple more things on the football because I don't yeah. want to get back yeah, to yeah, the yeah, dance yeah, no, stuff. No, no problem. But do you remember? Do you remember your debut? Yeah. Obviously you will, but. Yeah. Uh, um, how did, how did the build-up to that come? Like- yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit crazy, really. So not as crazy. Again, I know you've you've interviewed Steely. That's one of the craziest stories ever. <laughs> I think I was eating breakfast with him when the coach turned up. It just turns up. Crazy. <laughs> Get on. Crazy. But um, anyway, no. So what? We'd played in the youth cup in the week. Sorry, the week before that, I'd been on the bench on the Saturday. So I've been doing well in the youth team. Um, been scoring a lot of goals, and I was uh, sort of playing in the. Obviously, back then, as you know, it was 17s and 19s. Yeah. I was playing in the 19s um, as sort of 17, 16, 17-year-old. And then um, we, we, I'd been on the bench on the Saturday and not come on. We drew nil-nil and I was gutted. I was, I was actually fuming. I was, so was, that, was that the first time you'd been on first the bench? First team I'd right. been on the bench. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was fuming. I was like, why have I not come on? You put, put me on the bench. I'm an attacking player. We drew nil-nil as well. And... Uh, 
and I was fuming. <laughs> anyway, didn't come on. And um, we then played on the Tuesday night, following Tuesday in the Youth Cup on the stadium, played against a team called Cradley Town, so a non-league team, first round of the Youth Cup. And uh, I, w- uh, I was always motivated by all the games, but certainly the FA Youth Cup was, was that yeah. shining shining thing and the, the prestige prestigious tournament. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm going after these from the very beginning today. And to just show, basically, I should be playing. I should should have played on Saturday and I should be playing this weekend. So uh, um, we went 1-0 up after about a minute. Um, I didn't score. But then we we battered and we won 8-1 and I scored four. I think it was four in that game. And um, so that was on the Tuesday night. Anyway, after the game on the Tuesday, so I'm in the tunnel and um, walking back in and, and Barry Fry was the manager. He come and watched all the games, all the games, like fantastic, right from when we were really young. Um, and he said, ah, oh, well done, Ryan. He said, you'll be with us this week. So I, so I didn't really think anything of it because I'd obviously I'd been involved on the Saturday and I just thought, well, I'll carry on training with the first team and whatever. Um, so we weren't in on the Wednesday and then on the Thursday he called me and said, oh, um, yeah, you're going to be playing this weekend. Just just want to let you know, you just want, you're going to be playing. Uh, so like really well done the other night. So then, so we trained and we'd done the, the shape and what have you, and I was in the starting team, and so I was I was really really excited. And um, anyway, yeah, it was against against Bristol City, but my dad going back to my dad. So <laughs> my dad. So the weekend before, we'd, when I'd been on the bench and not come on on that Saturday, my dad uh, flew out to. He was going with his friend on. He was going to Las Vegas for for three weeks. So. Um, he <laughs> so that obviously all, all come about and, and I was playing so I called him and said dad um, look you're obviously you, you, you're in Vegas but I'm making my debut on Saturday I said look I'm not like do what whatever it, it doesn't doesn't matter to me um, and he was like obviously he was absolutely distraught gutted and he didn't come back. Right? He didn't <laughs> come back. I know. I know. You're waiting for that. He didn't eye contact in the stadium. I know. No, he didn't come back. And but again, it, come, it goes back to that thing thing about with, with my dad. He was very. Um, he, he got in my head about the the mentality and the 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 work ethic and the. Um, the the drive to do what I want to do, but he weren't a pushy. He weren't pushy, and he. In his head, and he was right, it was my first team debut, but you play more games and you're, um, this is for you. You ain't doing it for me. Y- mm-hmm. You're doing it for you. And, and obviously my, all my other family were there and <laughs> yeah. and, and he, he watched me numerous times. But yeah, he, 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 he didn't come because of that. So obviously even more peed off why I didn't play on obviously the week before that uh, obviously he wasn't. He, he didn't. He didn't see my debut. But we played Bristol City. We we lost three one. But I did quite well. I, I was really excited about the game, and um, I was nervous. I was really nervous um, because it had been build up through the week a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People knew that I was going to be playing, and I obviously knew I was going to be playing. Um, so that was a little bit of a different pressure. But I, I one thing I did I can consciously remember telling myself was take it in, enjoy it, enjoy it. But 
just try and leave everything out there. And uh, I did quite well. I, I hit the bar from about 25 yards on my left foot. I cut inside. I was playing the right, cut inside, hit the bar. I was gutted that that didn't obviously go in. But I did well. And, and I do feel that I, as I say, I... I I didn't let the occasion get the better of me and I, I enjoyed myself. So, um, no, it was a, an amazing, amazing feeling, um, amazing achievement, obviously, for myself, but also all the all the support that I'd had with my family and obviously my coaches and, and things like that. And being being a local lad, being from Peterborough as well, to obviously to, to represent, I'd been at the club since I was eight and I was making my debut at 17 long long time um, all the way through as an academy player so uh, no it was fantastic what's, what's, the, what's the biggest difference from playing 17s and 19s yeah. to the first team um, I found probably the biggest one was the just the speed speed of the game but the speed of thought I think the speed of thought that all of a sudden when I was playing the 17s and 19s I was as quick or quicker than everyone, I was. Um, I could beat someone and, and deliver a, a cross, or beat someone and, and deliver a shot. When you're playing against players that some of them weren't as quick as me, because I, I was quite quick, but they're they're quick up here, and they're obviously they've played multiple games at that level. Yeah. Some of them even higher, obviously yeah. played at higher level, so they know who's this this 17 year old that can that's quick and can cross and can run, but. Um, well, okay. Well, I'll show him inside. Um, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get tighter to him, or I'll I'll, I'll basically I'll, I'll usher him into areas he doesn't want to go, or I'll show him onto his weaker foot. That's what happened. That they showed me inside it. The bar. If that had gone in, they would have been, <laughs> would have been laughing. They would have showed me on the outside <laughs> where I was stronger. Was but that no, was that a yeah. twenty-five yard that started out as a ten yard? Well, <laughs> and as you've told do you know me, what? Like... Do you know what? It's funny. It was. Um, it was. I have got the footage somewhere, but it was the way. It was obviously two thousand and two, so it weren't. Uh, it, it weren't where there was loads and loads of footage and YouTube. It certainly weren't YouTube or anything like that. But it was. If you ask anyone, it was a good strike. <laughs> honestly, I promise you. But not good enough. So it didn't go in. Obviously. Yeah. But there we go. At the minute, you, you play against people with footballing brains. Yeah. And you see it now. Yeah. You play against players, and you think. You can be playing so much higher yeah. because you, you just you, your brain how switched on you yeah. are. You can take away speed and yeah. how good you are, how strong you are, just by playing a simple pass or showing you on the inside. If you're always going on out, yeah. you're not comfortable. And that's that's an ability you learn, I think. Through I talk a lot to our, our lads about that, and particularly the ones that aren't. Um, if they're not either yet because they're still physically young in terms of their their, their physical development it's still got they've yeah. got a lot longer to go or obviously you, you come every player uh, we come in different shapes and sizes but I speak a lot about the ones that aren't yet physically there that look develop your speed your speed of thought the more speed of thought the, the, the quicker you can make decisions correctly the better player you're going to be it's as simple as that and if you if you can hide some of your physical deficiencies now that will come in time as you get bigger and quicker and stronger but continue to develop the the your intelligence and the speed at which you make decisions when it comes together great or you might not ever be the quickest or the strongest but we history is littered with world world class players that weren't Teddy Sheringham was a perfect example yeah. of that wasn't he yeah Paul Scholes yeah one of the greatest 
players that, that, that this country's produced, but he wasn't physically, he weren't quick, he weren't strong, but he had unbelievable technique and an even more unbelievable brain. Yeah. And that, that's how I, I'd sort of try and... Pick a pass for that. You yeah, see yeah, uh, yeah. It, um, Insigne, who plays for yeah. Italy, he's five foot four. I was thinking he, he must have been some player at a young age because yeah. a lot of a lot of academies. I, I, when I left Peterborough as a kid, I went to Lincoln. Yeah, and I remember we played under 15s and we had this trialist come. Oh, I think we played 15s against the 18s or something yeah. like that. And he, he he was on trial and he scored two goals. <clears throat> and I was I was listening to the conversation at the end with his parents yeah. and they were saying he's too small, he's never going to make it. And he'd absolutely ran the game. Yeah. Crazy. And they were like, yeah, you're just never going to make it, mate. You're too, you're too small. And, <laughs> and, and that was his parents? That was, that was That's what they parents, told his parents. Yeah. Oh, wow. Incredible. Yeah. And, and, and that really winds me up because it winds me up on two fronts, actually. Because on the one side, this is as a coach again, on one side, you have players that are capable of what you've just described there because their intelligence is so good and their speed of thought and their technique. Um. So they should be taken on 100% and developed and given time. And they might develop physically, but even if they don't, they can still yeah. have top careers. But on the flip of it, I speak to, again, a lot of parents at times where their kids might not be good enough, where <laughs> they'll blame that, oh, it's because of the physicality. Well, it's not. It's not no, because yeah. of the physicality. The physicality is an issue now, but it's because you're... That your player needs to, your son needs to improve yeah. the 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 intelligence side of the game, and that is something that can come and will come if they focus on that. But if you focus on too much on the negative rather than the positive, then you're only ever going to get to a certain level. Yeah, I think you do it a lot as 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 a parent. So I I know I'm guilty of this. So if anyone says like my little boy mm. Dexter, if they say ah oh, he's not doing this or he's not doing that, I'm like. Well, yes, he is. Or, yeah. oh, that's because of this. Yeah, or he yeah, might be tired. Yeah. He might be yeah. a bit asleep. It's always it's that defensive yeah. mode, isn't it? It's that yeah. that papa bear. You go, yeah. no, no, no. There's nothing wrong with him. It's you. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's difficult. And that's the thing. When I, I said it earlier about a parent to a coach, just because I've I've worked with a lot of of children, when it comes to your own kids, it, it is difficult. And my, and my dad, myself, with me, he wasn't like that. He was very... He, he weren't over the top the other way either. Yeah, yeah. But he was like, look, okay, well, if that's what they're saying, then if you agree with that, then do something about it. And if you don't agree with it, make sure you prove even more yeah. that whatever they're saying is wrong. Um, it's important. So, it's so important. And I'm... So I'm now... So with Dexter, he, he's, a, he's very big for his age. Yeah. So... Like physical wise, physicality. Yeah, he's fine. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Now it's trying to get him to to kind of switch his very young brain. Yeah. In terms of like, listen to the coach. Yeah. So when we take him to the, the YDP yeah, sessions, yeah, yeah. it's listen to the coach. And I remember after the first couple of sessions, I was kind of, I was kind of like almost grilling him. Like, yeah. <laughs> Stop picking that up. Stop doing that. Stop playing football. Yeah. Listen, listen, yeah. listen. And then. Honestly, something did click in there, and I was like, "What am I doing?" I was like, "No, no." I was like, "Have fun." Yeah. And I, I remember having the football with me, and he was listening to one of the coaches. Yeah. And I can remember, you know, when kids look out the corner of their eye to see what you're doing because yeah. you've told them yeah. something. He was looking out the corner of his eye, and I thought, uh, "I think I've gone too much here." Like he's now looking to make sure. Yeah. I'm seeing that, that he's listening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I got the ball and just kicked it through his legs, 
And then he turned around and he was like almost waiting for me to go, come on, yeah. like, have fun. Yeah. And then he did. Then he yeah, started coming yeah, out of his yeah, shell. Yeah, brilliant. But it's very much that you can go too far the other way, especially especially as a parent. Yeah. And as a dad, my son's now playing football. For me, I'm like, oh, this is the I, ultimate. I've made it. <laughs> like, he, he loves football. He's all about football. Yeah. Now I just want to see him. I want to see him progress <clears> and develop. Like, I've said this before. He's my retirement plan. <laughs> like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. No, I'm joking. He's, um, but I want to see him have as much fun as possible. Because I remember me growing up, my stepdad, he was very much like, like your dad. He wasn't pushy. Yeah. He wasn't, no, you will do this and yeah. you listen and you do that. He was very much, have fun, enjoy it. And we lived in Scotland at the time and I was playing football in Scotland. And I remember this one tournament was at uh, um, the Super Jays, St. Johnson. Right. I was having an amazing time. You know those games where everything falls perfect? Yeah. Everything. Can't do no wrong. Every time, like, kill a ball, dead ball, whatever. And I just remember I was having so much fun, I was getting cocky. And I was literally getting the ball, I'd knock it around somebody, or I'd take it off of them, and I, I would be saying, oh, thank you, but cocky, like to the player. And I remember at half time, my dad said to me, he was like, are you having a good time? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, you better drop that cockiness because somebody is going to rattle you. I was like, yeah, whatever. Two minutes into the second half, I was wiped out, mate. I was seeing stars. One of their defenders came straight through me, but it woke (laughs) me up. I was like, "Ah, okay. Lesson learned. Lesson learned, and I need to listen to my dad. dad yeah. like, he probably slipped him a pack him. of sweets. <laughs> Come on, smash that! I wouldn't surprise it. Yeah. It would not surprise and, me. And that's the thing, like with with um, not so much Geordie, my youngest, because he's only two. But with Brody, I, I those messages that you just try and hope that that come into them, and and they those two. Uh, sorry, with Brody. So I've seen you down, obviously YDP at football lessons, and uh, he was. He was going from a very young age there and then we moved to Manchester and he didn't really, it's testament to them really, he didn't really enjoy it up there. We went a couple of times and, and it was a real um, box football, um, don't know if you heard of it, so it's, it's a r- unbelievable facility, uh, real good place, football lessons, but the ki- the coaches were a little bit younger so and he never really... Um, he didn't really connect and didn't, didn't really bother and he's not... Brody, he's not that. He enjoys football, and he enjoys what he enjoys about it is he's so he's got so much energy, and he he runs around and um, he he just enjoys letting off steam. I think, and I'm very I'm very aware of that balance between I, I want him to to do well in whatever he does, but whatever he chooses to do, I, I'm 100% going to be like, look, you. Enjoy yourself, but listen to the coach and work uh, uh, the coach, the teacher, whatever yeah, yeah. it is. I'm going into football already. <laughs> yeah. Coach, uh, whoever, whatever it is, whoever you're learning off, listen to them um, and learn and and work hard, and you'll enjoy it. And I say it. I t- I'm fortunate enough, sort of the way I work my hours. I take him to school quite a lot, and those things: listen, learn, work hard, have fun. I, I say it to him all the time before he goes in because I, I want him to. To, to take that in and I want him to to know that no you, you, the teacher you you listen and as a consequence of listening you'll learn and and obviously you work hard and you will enjoy, you you'll, you'll have fun and um 
Sometimes I think he does take heed. Other times he, <laughs> he probably doesn't. But no, it, it's uh, it is really important. It goes back to the power of those words again, yeah. doesn't it? And I think and I need to it... change what I say to Dex. I yeah. just say to him, "Listening ears on and don't hurt anyone." Yeah. <laughs> That's all I say to him in the morning. <laughs> Listening ears and don't hurt anyone. Brilliant. Because I'm always going and signing. Oh, he's had an accent today. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, what's he done now? Yeah. Oh, he's jumped down the fireman's pole onto another kid. Brilliant. Is the kid alive? Like, is he okay? <laughs> but no, I, I, I get that. And I generally, I think I do need to stop saying like negative, like yeah. listening ears on, don't yeah. hurt anyone, more have fun. Ryan, did you always know you wanted to be a dad? Yes. Yeah, I did, actually, funnily enough. I, I um, So I was 29 when we had um, Brody. Were you trying? We were. And I, I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't. So my wife, Laura, um, we we met when we were young. I was twenty one. She was twenty four. Um, and I, to be honest with you, and I think it's probably because my parent, although <laughs> it didn't end well, they separated. <laughs> but I, I had young parents, and I had a, y- a young family around me in terms yeah. of young grandparents and uncles and and what have you. So I, I was I love kids, and uh, as I said, younger two younger half-sisters that were 10 and 12 years younger than me, so I grew up with young kids around mm-hmm. me. So I, w- I would have had children a lot earlier, to be honest, but um, Laura wanted to be married first and and, and what have you, which is absolutely fine. Um, I weren't quite ready to, to get married at that age. <laughs> um, so we waited and, and yeah, we, we, we tried, and we've been trying for, for a while and um, we got married. And then yeah, Brody came came around. Uh, probably what just under no, just over um, two years, just under two years uh, later after we got married. And um, yeah, it, fantastic, fantastic experience. I again talking about previous podcast. I I, I like I was so excited, and the first stage was was amazing for me yeah. I love the newborn fate like my wife hates it <laughs> hates it absolutely hates it um, but I yeah I love it I love just sort of carrying them around and feed like I, we bottle fed um, so I would feed them and the uh, just as I say carrying them around seeing their face almost like there isn't much clearly at the start much interaction but just you looking at them this is something you that you've obviously it, helped, you to, helped to create and um, oh, amazing, amazing with, with both kids. I'll be honest, I find it this sort of, they're both massively, massively mummy's boys, massive mummy's boys. And uh, I think I was, as I said, I spoke to it when mum and dad separated and, and I got closer to my dad. I was the same. I was a mummy's boy, big time. And that sometimes winds me up if I'm honest <laughs> so now they're older and yeah. they're so so Brody probably so Geordie's like two and a half now so he's into it now Bef- up until that he he loved loved me loved daddy um so and Brody was the same he come out of it about five so that age group like to age between age range two to five with Brody ah oh, he didn't want to know he, honestly <laughs> he didn't want everything was mummy or uh can we see mummy? Where's mummy? Um, everything, absolutely everything. When I was had him on my own, and it was just me and Brody, it was class. But when it was uh, when it was me and 
or the, the three of us before Geordie was born, and then when Geordie was born, the four of us, all mummy, all yeah. mummy. Um, and then Geordie's just started getting into that now, so I'm like, <laughs> you better, it's better not last because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Brody's now Brody when he turned five, so last February, which was just before lockdown actually, and, and with my work, I was off because obviously coaching, we couldn't coach. Um, so I was off for five months from the start of lockdown, the first one, till when I came back to, to came back to, to the club here at Peterborough, so till the middle of August. And that, I think that period of being at home, being with him all the time, he sort of like got him out of it maybe a little bit. And now we're, we're, we're um, he's, he's not, he's still a mummy's boy, but not as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's it's great. I I really enjoy it. It's hard. It's 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 very intense, and it's probably as much difficulty in your head and the worry, not the worry, but the the concentration on how are they or what we're gonna do do with them or uh, all those worries that you all have, insecurities of parents. Am I being a good parent? Are they okay? All these different things. It's probably in your head as much as the actual reality. But it's uh, it's tiring work. You get it? lost but in what kids actually need. Yeah, and it's for not sure. trips out all the time and yeah. let's go and do this, let's go and buy that. It, they just want you. Yeah, and if you can sit there and you spend that quality time, yeah. we spoke about it. And like, it's quality over quantity. If you mm. if you're not fortunate to have your child all the time, yeah, the time you do get them, it needs to be quality time, yeah. not just okay, yeah, let's go. We're going to go out for the day for yeah. a trip. It's not really quality time no. because you, you're distracted. Yeah. Um, and I, I, so I'm getting out with Dex at the moment. So he's always been a pappy's boy. He calls yeah. me pappy. Yeah. He's always been a pappy's boy. Yeah. Only just now, like recently, he has started, I miss mummy, I want mummy, I ah. want this. And I'm thinking, I'm like you, I'm yeah. going, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you don't. Yeah. I'm telling him, yeah. no, you don't. And I can see him, he's going, no, I do. And then, like you said, you... You sort of revert back and you go, oh, hang on, what am I saying here? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, well, mummy misses you, but yeah. I want to see you, I want time with you. Yeah. It's just odd, and that's why I think I do so much with him, because mm. <laughs> it's always like, Pappy does this and Pappy does that, and I love that. Lockdown love for it. me was massive, honestly. Lockdown, and of course, in, in tragic, terrible circumstances, mm-hmm. of course, for in, in so many levels, but lockdown was an absolute blessing for me in the sense that I was at home and I was at home for f- for five months and the time I spent, you talk about quality time with, with, with Brody, obviously with Geordie as well and, and with my wife, but certainly with Brody was massive because we just hung out and whether it was even, ho- I became the homeschool teacher and I, I, I took home, took home school and uh, Laura would have um, Geordie and he was obviously, even younger then, and um, we'd do homeschool together, and then we'd we'd go um, fortunate in in uh, Mobley where we lived, a great big nature reserve. So we'd go around there literally every single day, yeah. and obviously the weather, the first lockdown oh, was yeah. top draw, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> it was unbelievable. So we did that. Uh, we'd go for bike rides, um, just hanging out, yeah. and 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 that quality time that you, you spoke about there, Ad, that I think was so so important and. At the time, you and when you're going through it, you're like, we need to keep this up. We need to stay with this. And uh, even when things start moving yeah. again and you get busier again, we need to really focus on that. And and we do, and we try to, but it does become difficult again, doesn't it? When life starts again and you, yeah. you're obviously busy with work or uh, you're trying to juggle 
school runs and all, and all that stuff, it does become more difficult. But as I say, we are a lot more, I am anyway, a lot more aware of it now, um, the importance of that quality time. Oh, and, yeah. and, and I think that, that you can only benefit, uh, you can only improve being a parent with that and you can only... Um, your relationships with your children will only improve. Just touching on something you said actually about not feeling wanted. Yeah. And I think I think that's a common... I've written about this in, my, in, a, in a blog that I've done because <clears throat> I always think... I was just thinking as to why do guys just leave? Yeah. Why do they just yeah. leave? Because it happens a lot. Yeah. Know, and, and, and in a lot of scenarios, they don't have anything to do with it. My dad was gone and never had anything to do with his growing up. So... And I know you asked the question, well, why is that? And then mm. could it be something as simple as they don't feel wanted, they don't feel yeah. important? Yeah. Because you can see why, obviously you didn't go that way, but some guys could be like, if, I if I'm not needed here... 100%. I, yeah. I can, I'll, I'll go. A hundred percent. And I think that it was obviously, it was it, never on that level with myself. But I think it, it all goes back to again, though, and I don't know, of course, the situation with... with um, your your dad or any others that happen this way but if you've not had the it depends what you might have gone through as a kid yourself so um my fa my family unit is is slightly dysfunctional but so tight mm -hmm. so um those kind of situations for me would would of course you, every every circumstance is different but you're as a parent i think I what you always imagine, certainly if you have boys, that they're going to be daddy's boys, yeah. and that they're going to love playing, whether it's playing sport or they're going to love what you love doing. Actually, my two kids, they ain't daddy's boys at all, <laughs> and they both don't like football. Really, no, they don't like football. The the youngest doesn't even understand, but the elder, he's not that fussed. He enjoys enjoys it, but he doesn't love it. He loves Lego. Mm -hmm. Do I like Lego? I absolutely <laughs> hate Lego. Hate Lego. But I, I do it with him. And yeah. I actually, he's he's made me like it probably 10% more. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I enjoy doing it with him. Yeah. With him and seeing his face when we build things. He, he, my mum the other day, <laughs> she brought around, she said, Ryan, I've got, got something for Brody. Um, he's Lego... Uh, you can build all different types of Lego and there's like a booklet, you can build whatever you want. Brought it around. 1,500 pieces. <laughs> 1,500. So, Mum, you, you're joking, aren't you? Um, so he's buzzing. So uh, think, but, but those things, the, he, that's, my, that's our, our way. And I think he probably sees it as, because Geordie can't do Lego, so it's me and him. Yeah. And, and, and that's our time together, doing, doing things like that. And that is my... You said it about feeling wanted. Well, he wants me to do that because he knows his mum ain't going to do it yeah. and his brother can't do it, and that's me and him. Um, so I agree with you. I think it can be it can be as simple as, as that, and it depends then on what your your maybe your upbringing was like and what, what uh, role models you had. And it can be a, a wide range in things, but it is go back to it they're so impressionable aren't yeah, they yeah. kids and you have to be so careful of what you say how you act 
Um, all those things because they're, they're taking it all in. They are taking it you know, all I, in. I had it I was in the car with my little lad the other, about a month or so ago and I was on the phone I think, and I went, oh, for fuck's sake, I was like, oh, shit. He's in the car next <laughs> yeah. to me. And then literally the next day, he drops something and he goes, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, oh, it's a no. context at which they do it that blows my mind. Yeah. Not just repeat yeah. the word. Yeah. They, they say right, yeah. right at the yeah. right time. Yeah. Yeah. Right like, time. Oh my God. Well, our, our, our Brody, he, um, he's a good boy, a good little boy. He doesn't, he's definitely heard us swear and he doesn't repeat it. Uh, but And our youngest hasn't yet. And he's actually, he's quite, he talks well for two and a half. He does. Uh and he hasn't yet, but he's got a bit of an edge to him. So <laughs> I think he will be the one that probably, if we get it, if we do say it enough in front of him, which uh, God forbid we do, but if we do, he'll be spouting it out. So yeah, we'll have to be careful with him. What about 100%. names? Uh, right. Was that was that a difficult? Uh, no, pretty well. It was difficult in the sense of we didn't have a, we we found out what we were having uh, both times, so we knew we were having boys, and we didn't have loads of names. We didn't. Um, uh, we liked Brody from pretty much straight away, uh, but we didn't. What we did say is we won't fully commit until mm-hmm. he was he, he arrived, um, and so yeah, he was born, and we we pretty much yeah we like that uh, Brody. So that was Brody, and uh, Brody with a Y, uh, not an, uh, an I E like some people spell spell it, but Brody with a Y, and then Geordie, um we liked. We liked it, but we weren't too sure, and we just didn't have any other names for boys. <laughs> we didn't have any other names, and um, Laura's birth um, with, with Geordie, he was a little bit late. He was a day late, but then they, um, when he came, he came quick. We went to the hospital, and he, he came really quick, and it was like zero to a hundred, and um, she went through it. To be fair, bless her, because just the speed of it all, yeah. and, and and what have you, and uh, she was knackered, and we were like. Geordie, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was the decision done. Geordie and Brody. It sounds easy, easy for, for, for Brody to say. Obviously, his brother Geordie. It'd be easy for Geordie to say. But for the life of me, I get confused all the time. <laughs> Calling Brody Geordie and Geordie Brody. And when I was a kid, my, my uh, obviously I didn't have um, brother or sister close to me in age, but my, I had cousins and my grandma, um, my mum's my side, always getting me confused with... Uh, my uncle, so so my mum's brother, his name's Aaron, and she'd call me Aaron and him Ryan. And I used to be like, why? Why do you do it? But now when you're a parent, you realise, yeah. I'm doing it all the time, all the time. But uh, yeah, yeah, Brody and Geordie. Do you, think, do, do you think you'd have had kids? I know you said you wanted to, you mm. always thought you'd be a kid. Yeah. But obviously, whilst you were playing, yeah. do you think you'd have had kids that are playing? Yeah. Because uh, you, you see now, they're, I think... Again, go back to the that we were younger. Yeah, they didn't really foot, young footballers weren't really having kids, no. but nowadays it seems to be no. more common yeah. that they are. Yeah, and I think you probably. I don't. I don't know whether certainly at the higher level you've got more support around you. Maybe so you can have. Um, uh, you can afford to have nannies yeah. and, yeah, and, yeah. There's and what have you. Clubs yeah, and stuff, yeah, daycare and, and things like that. And I, I do, like, I don't regret having kids um, at the age I did because I was 29 and um, 31, 31, 32. So it's not like I was old. But no, I was just, I was very, um, I wanted to be a dad 100% from when I was young. Um, and 
yeah, I, I just, I like being around young people and, yeah. I, and I've been fortunate enough that I've got sort of quite a few cousins and and think obviously two younger, younger sisters, 10 and 12 years old, uh, younger than me. Um, so I've been around and I, I enjoy, I enjoy yeah, being around kids and um, no, I, I, I would, to be honest, I'd probably have more kids. Well, that was going to be my uh, next question. Yeah, actually. it was going to be my next yeah. question. <laughs> if I was really pushed, I probably would, but... Um, no, we we Laura's no chance, <laughs> and and I I get it. To be fair, we we sort of it's not just the not so much if, if I'm honest having the having the children the the um, pregnancies are quite difficult for Laura. To be fair, and and we had sort of uh, a couple of miscarriages where uh, it was obviously very very difficult, and the sort of emotional side of that was obviously very tough for me but even more so yeah. for my wife and I think it's the almost like we've got two that's enough for us we'll shake on that and and, yeah. and, and that we're happy with that you know um and and I get I, I totally get uh some some women go sail through pregnancy and they have kid after kid after kid and 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 they actually enjoy being pregnant but now my wife is certainly, nah. certainly not one of those and and I would I I'm more than happy with what we've got I'm more than happy with so it's that. normally it's normally guys that will say yeah yeah I'd yeah, have more Adam exactly because we we get it quite easy apart from certain <laughs> things yeah they, yeah yeah sometimes they morph into the devil but yeah, whatever yeah, yeah but it's 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 easy for us yeah and we go yeah 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 cool yeah, we'll have kids. We'll yeah. have more. I have yeah. a whole whole football team of them. Yeah, but we forget about. Hang on. Yeah, our bodies don't go through it like them, and we don't have to deal with that like through in, during, after. Mm. Um, obviously, we have our own things that we go through as, as men, which we speak about a lot. Mm. And it's um, yeah, it's one of those. I'm happy. I'm happy with X, and that's yeah. that's me. I'd never say never, but I'm good. I'm in a good place with. Just exit. Uh, you've uh, won. One. You've got yeah. one. Trying, He's trying. Trying, He's to, trying. trying to wangle <laughs> I'm two. Trying. Yeah, I want. I, I'm desperate for two. Yeah. But you tried enough I, of the first. Yeah. Didn't you, mate? I, I yeah. literally really strong armor into the first one. Yeah. And uh, she's like adamant that we're not having another one. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, like, even even like you know little things like you know. It, if the weather's not great like today or something he'd be in the house yeah. like, oh, he, he looks a bit bored I'd be like yeah what if he has a little yeah that's <laughs> a, if he had a little brother he wouldn't be bored but the uh, <laughs> they'd be scrapping and you'd be yeah the house would be being turned upside down but uh, do you have siblings yes yes yeah. yeah so I've got six oh wow brothers and sisters wow yeah. so yeah so you I understand so from a, that yeah from a big yeah, family yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 I'd have four yeah like that was that's what I'd sort of yeah, say yeah I'd, yeah I'd, I'll settle for two, yeah. but I think I'm going to have to have one. Yeah. <laughs> You'd settle, but you've got yeah, realisation sex in. Yeah. And yeah. you, siblings? I've got two sisters, yeah. Okay. yeah. I've got two sisters. They've both got kids. Um, but quite a big family. Yeah. So aunties, uncles, cousins, nephews, yeah. like yeah. big family. Yeah. So for, for me, I've always been, I, I always knew I wanted to be a dad, mm. always. And I've been around, like growing up, been around kids like, all the time. And I just knew how, how important it was yeah. to have that around you. Yeah. So Dexter has a sister. So when I met my ex, she had a six-week-old baby. Right. And then... Wow. So pretty much pretty much raised her. She's yeah. now five and a half, maybe yeah. six. So they, they spend... like they're, they're together all the time, but they are proper brother and sister. Yeah. So within 30 seconds of being with each other, yeah. boom, chaos. Yeah. It's arguing, it's fighting, it's 
you did this, you did that, or I'm saying this, I'm saying that. They have that ability to walk into a room and done. It's turned upside down. And so for you, you, you have got to really... You, yeah, you, yeah, you, in yeah, reality, one, yeah. 100%. And, and that, again, coming from the family that I've... My, I say dysfunctional, it's probably more functional than not these days with the amount of people that separate and, and what have you, and you have extended families and stuff. But I'm... Because I have two half, two half-sisters. Yeah. Um, one my mum's one my dad's and they they're half sisters by name they're my sisters yeah, yeah. and I'm their brother and that that side of thing whether it's stepsister if you if you live with them or or you don't or it's the extended family for me when I talk about my family of course I talk about me and, and uh, my wife and, and our two kids but it's more than that to me and I, I feel very lucky to have such a big family um, that I'm very very close with and um, that if you have one, um, but you've got, uh, do you, are you still close with your, your most siblings? Of them. Most yeah, of most them. Of them. So you've got that extended I've family got, I've got as well. Three and... from my mum and three yeah. from my dad. And okay, my yeah, yeah. And some of one of my dads I'm pretty close to, yeah. but then there's yeah. some that yeah. I've never really ever met or oh, seen okay. or done right. anything with. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, probably with four of them, I'm fairly close. Yeah. No, so you, you have that extended, extended family yeah. and, um, no, it's great. That, so we, we were in Manchester for two years and moving back was, that was one of the, the drivers as well of moving back was that the kids had a, certainly Brody. Geordie was born up there, so he didn't know any different, but Brody had a great time up there. But that family support and unit is so important to, to both me and, and my wife and um, being around the support for the boys and helping yeah. them, but also for us as well. I think... We're used to sort of having family around. My wife's from Torquay, so she's um, her family aren't around here, but she's still close, very close with her family. And um, obviously, has been she was in Peterborough for a number of years um, before we moved, and obviously come back. So she's part of the family. So that family unit is really important to us, and um, it's we both feel that we've been raised by our parents, but also by our family. Yeah, and we feel that we want to the boys to have that as well. Yeah. Um, it's not just about us and, um, and yeah, so no, it's good. It's good. Um, wrap it up, Ryan. Oh, two questions, actually. One, um, who's the, the one player that you knew growing up yeah. that you thought would make it that didn't before it should have made it? Mark Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> it obviously yeah. goes about saying yeah. myself, obviously. Yeah. But... <laughs> Other than you, who was the one player? Um, we spoke about well, you you spoke about Custard, didn't you, Shane? Shane. Yeah. Shane. So obviously he's a real close friend. I was best friend, uh, best man at his wedding a couple of years ago. Real, real good friend. He actually, when he moved back to Devon, when he left here, Peterborough, and come back, he lived with me for uh, eighteen months. Um, yeah, no question, him for me because it, he had so much. You talk about intelligence and and his ability he was so bright and so uh so clever with his movement and so he was ahead he was ahead of us he he was so far ahead upstairs than us and he weren't the quickest and he weren't the strongest um but he is finishing to this day and I've been fortunate enough obviously I played to a certain level but more than that to coach at a, a decent level academy football and was at Man City for two years and, and worked with some, some fantastic players there that played for their, play for England and, and other countries and stuff like that he's the best finisher I've seen 
He's the best finisher I've yeah. seen in, in terms of youth football. There's no question about it because he 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 could finish from short range, from long range. He was unbelievable in the air, um, which was great for me as a winger because I just literally used to knock it and cross. Um, left foot, right foot. And as, uh, as I say, that accompanied with his intelligence... How he never obviously played for he played for England played for England up front with Wayne Rooney yeah. um, under 15s uh, schoolboy. How he didn't make it for me. Well, I, I've spoke to him about it at times a little bit, but I think the biggest when I look at him and look at as a, again I look through it as a coach. Now, what could he have done more? I think when he got to about 18 and the academy setup got scrapped here, which which affected him a lot because he weren't yet ready physically yeah. to go into men's football. So reserve football and an extra year of sort of an under-19, sort of under-23s league would have been perfect for him. But I don't think he worked hard enough physically. So it goes the other way with him. He he he, he got by on his unbelievable... He was fine physically when we were younger. He weren't like a dot, but he weren't obviously the quickest or strongest. But his, his intelligence and his ability got him by because he was fantastic as he got a bit older and he, he then needed to he was never going to be the quickest never going to be the strongest and he wouldn't have had to because he was he mm. was so bright but what he, he did need was to be able to that maybe uh five yard quick change of, uh, change of pace or change of direction or to protect the ball and, and link it quickly and then spin in behind or things like that where he never developed it, by his own admission, he didn't work hard enough, I think, on that side of his game to then complement the other side. And then I think what happened with that is then when the academy set up scrapped, he went out to went to Latvia for a little bit. He went to Cambridge for a little bit. Um, but because he didn't really get much of a break, he gave up. Yeah. Really, in, in terms of really pursuing to to to, to professional level, and when he played, he played for Truro, which was a really good non-league side down uh, back in when he was uh, down south, back in the southwest. He he came up here and played at a good level at St Neots, which is a good level. But with all due respect to those teams, and, and he was playing part time and playing at that level, and he when he moved up back up here and played for St Neots in his first season, or. Yeah, first season and the first calendar year, he got like eighty odd goals, and <laughs> and, and because he he was that as I say, his brain worked that much better and and quicker than others. But that's the biggest one for me. Yeah. He, he could have he could have really for me he he could have made it. And there there'll be players now playing in the league and playing at our age that went and gone and had really good careers. Didn't have the technical ability of him. Didn't have the the, men, the the intelligence of him, and just those things. Bad luck, but also just that real. I think when it really got tough to really crack on and keep going, and it's difficult. And I went through it myself. Um, when you go through and you get released from clubs and you go in non-league, and it's so difficult um, to get yourself back up. But I think when that happened, it just it it just he just sort of fizzled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good answer. So he's the yeah, one. Yeah, because he's, he's the one I always used to talk about when as, say, as a young Lincoln, age. I remember being at Lincoln and you used to speak about custard all the time. Yeah, training all the Honestly, time. Honestly, we used to play and, and we used to play all the all the top teams, um, and obviously he played for England, so he was one of the top players. There was no, no one that you would have swapped him for. Nobody, nobody at that, at that probably from the age of about fourteen to eighteen. 
nobody you would have swapped top top draw and uh um I told a joke at his wedding actually about him and him and Rooney that they played together and uh one went on and become England top goal scorer and Man United's top goal scorer and whatever and one ended up at St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but he scored 80 goals. Yeah, but, yeah, he did get 80 goals. Yeah, he did. He did bless him. But uh, no. know he was an absolute machine on footy manager for a yeah, couple of seasons. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah because again, they, they the, the way they work it, and obviously however the game works, they, they predict. And he was top, probably what, from about 21 onwards on Champ Man, yeah. he's like, International yeah. playing at the top level, and that's where he could have could have got to. And, and it ain't, of course, it's not all his own fault at all, at all. It's a lot of it is it's bad luck and time luck as well in football. It's a lot, hundred percent, hundred percent. But he's a, he's a fantastic lad. Like he's a great lad. To say he's got um, got one and one on the way. Lives out in Dubai. Lovely wife, Hanno. Uh, they they live out there and have a fantastic life. Fantastic life out there. But um, no, he could have. He he could have definitely got to the top. And the last, the last one for us is we, what we ask everybody: What are your sort of hopes for the future? Um, personally, I, I, I hope that sort of we, as a sort of my family, myself, and the boys, and uh, my wife, we sort of we've moved back here, and, and we're around our sort of family and, and friends, and just continue while it is difficult. <laughs> it is difficult having having children, as, as you both know, but just try and have fun yeah. along the way. Try and enjoy it, and we do. We we have great times, and we're going on on going to the caravan next week, and we enjoy ourselves together, but also uh, enjoy our own time as well. And, yeah. and that includes the, the certainly Brody. Now he's getting older, and he's got friends, and go and plays out with friends, and goes around friends' houses, and just hopefully bring hope we can bring them up in a way that they're polite and as I say that they're, they're good people good personal skills work hard yeah. but enjoy themselves and have fun uh, so that from a personal level professionally I, I want to obviously continue um, progressing as a, as a coach in terms of being better and being able to try and help develop people and players even better than what I do now and where that takes me, who knows, who knows. But, um, yeah, whatever I do along the way, make sure I enjoy myself. I think that's a that's a big thing. I want to try and do that, and, and by me doing that, we'll hopefully pass that on to, to my kids as well. So Nice. Yeah, brilliant. Listen, Ryan, really appreciate you coming Thank on you. and giving us your time today. And, uh, yeah, it's just, like I say, it's been a, been a long time since the last season. No, it's been great. <laughs> Mate, congratulations on what you what you did achieve in your career and stuff. And like I say, from that ten year old that we were, <laughs> yeah. was the poster boy, you, yeah. know, you should be proud of what you achieved. No, I, I, I appreciate that a lot. It's um, been a mad journey, a mad journey to come back as well. To obviously go through as a player, then a coach, and go and come back. So, no, I appreciate it a lot, and I, I thank you both for obviously asking me on. It's uh, I look forward to it, but I've enjoyed it even more than what I look uh, than than what I thought. So no, I appreciate that. Thank, thank you. you. No, excellent. Good work. Great work. Cheers, mate. Thank you.